Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Dramatic Dream Dragons. With me I have Dylan in his prime time, half past midnight. For me it's early morning. And for our guest, it's also early morning, aka 3 p.m. Yes. Welcome, Harvey Jackson. Which is yeah, it's my 6, 6 a.m. It's 3 p.m., but my Harvey Jackson's uh, 6 a.m. at the moment. But no, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're very glad to have you here and to have a chat with you. Talk That's a bit right. about the life in Japan, about the, the pro wrestler's life. About oh, some GoPro, uh, some great. <laughs> there, might, there might not be some things I can talk about if we want to talk about the true wrestler's life in Japan. So. <laughs> I mean, it's probably just a lot of booze. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, dub double the a lot amount. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, as I said, like the hook to this show is that you that you wrestle um, in GoPro and in Great, but you're mostly a freelancer, or like yes, you are a freelancer. How's that working out for you? It's it's good. It's difficult, but I like the uh, the flexibility and freedom to be able to do different kinds of shows like uh, Gun Pro, Prominence. Uh, there's a new company now called PPP, and then obviously the stuff with Great. It's nice to be able to get out and network and meet a lot more people than what what I had done in the past. You know, Hartley, I was so uh, happy we got to give you on the show, first of all, so thank you for taking the time. Um, I was just thinking, man, you're doing all these things now, and you're at a point in your, in your career, and people might not know, you have been around for a long time. Uh, you know, you started really early on in your life, which is something I always appreciate. Uh and I just was thinking, you know, back in those days, tell me a little bit about kind of not, not to go all the way back. You don't have to get too dramatic about it. But back in your yeah. homeland of Aus Aus Australia, what was the scene like when you started and where were you? What was that one moment where you were like, damn, this is a, a place that isn't like a U.S. or a, a Japan. You're in a different place like Australia. What was the moment where you're like, I have to do this. I want to be a wrestler. Yeah, I was actually, uh, when I was growing up, I enjoyed watching pro wrestling. And my best friend, he was really into it. And uh, he ended up coming to my high school uh, when I was 17 because his high school closed down. And uh, we got back into watching old wrestling tapes again. And uh, we actually went to the, I remember the exact, the exact time, uh, we went to the news agency. And on the front cover of the magazine there was Hawk and Animal from the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. And yeah. once I saw that picture, it was like, ah, these guys look so cool. I remember these guys from when I was younger, and uh, I, I want to be a pro wrestler. And then, then we started uh, messing around in the backyard. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, see, for me, that, that that's something. It's always something like that that you wouldn't really expect. Just seeing that the freaking Road Warriors so cool. Of course, yeah. that would inspire you. For me, it was like when Shelton Benjamin ran up the ladder at WrestleMania that year. I was like, yeah, oh yeah. god, I, I have to be in a ladder match. Like I have, you know, I yeah. like I have to do it. 
Um, yeah. And then you go you go there from this again, a place that's not exactly. And I mean, back oh, decades and decades ago, Australia was a great legacy wrestling scene. But yeah. at the time, it was still very you know young and and on the come up, so to speak. Well, how did you get from that point? to the LA Dojo, which again, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but you were one of the early adopters and a lot of Australians, yeah. it was you, Nichols was there, Davis Storm, yeah. like you had all these guys coming in. How did you get there from, from Australia? Yeah, it's pretty crazy because when I started, there was no, there was only wrestling on the East Coast of East Coast of Australia. So that's basically saying wrestling only existed like in New York and I lived in California. Mm, yeah, and uh, we actually had one of the old wrestling shows tour uh, our hometown using the guys that used to wrestle in the sixties and the seventies, and this was uh, late nineties. And after the show, me and my friend we hung around and asked how we could train and get into it. And they said, "Show up at this gym, and we'll and we'll we'll, we'll take you through some wrestling training." So we were really excited. We show up in this gym, and it's basically just like. Uh, there's no wrestling ring. There's just like a mat on the floor. And then basically we proceeded to get, you know, armbarred and choked out for the next, you know, hour and a half. And, uh, Sounds charming. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, I enjoyed it and I wanted to keep doing it. But they ended up traveling back to Melbourne. And then me and my friend thought, well, let's try and move to Melbourne and start wrestling over there. And it just so happened that a retired wrestler from Adelaide um, stumbled across our stuff that my friend had put online and uh, he offered to train us and he had a gym and there was an old wrestling ring in there that we could use and uh, and that's how it kind of kicked off from there. Well, I'll tell you, I once fell for a girl from Adelaide once, so I have a lot of respect for that, first oh, of wow. all. <laughs> but but, but uh, not to get too deep into that, but I will say this. Um you know, how did you get to the, you know, then the LA Dojo comes along. I've heard, and you can c clarify this for me and all the listeners out there. Yeah. I've heard that that dojo was literally like, oh, here's a ring and it's in a garage in California somewhere. What was it like that? Who was training? Like, what was that all about? The, the LA Dojo time. How did that work out for you? Yeah. So Mike and I went, uh, Mikey Nichols, we went for an excursion to America and we, we were going to go for about three to six months. And we'd had one or two bookings lined up for the APW wrestling promotion in, uh, I think it was San Francisco, mm. that, yeah. that area. And that was our only two bookings for the first week we were there. And then the rest of the months we had zero planned. We were just hoping uh, something. Not to happen. cut you off, Harley, but I just wanted to ask real quick. Uh, was that the same like Roland's company? Like the one that was yes, on yeah. uh, Beyond the Mat? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just yeah. wanted to make sure. So that, that's the reason. Well, we watched Beyond the Mat a lot in Australia, so that was like <laughs> to go and visit. So, yeah, we met Roland and everything. And, uh, it just so happened that we had one of our shows there, and they're like, hey, you guys did, did well. You can move here to this to the dojo that they had set up, uh, which was in that garage. Uh, <laughs> okay, the rumors I heard were uh, accurate is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. But when we got back to uh, LA, that's when uh, I made a phone call to David Marquez because we knew him from some NWA stuff that happened in Australia. And uh, he, he said he was in LA at the moment down at the, uh, at the uh, Anoki Dojo. And I've always wanted to go to the Anoki Dojo because I used to 
look, look at it in magazines and read about online and all that sort of stuff. So we were really excited. We went down there and met Marquez. And this was in Santa Monica. So it was actually, it wasn't a garage, but it was really nice inside. Like it was very professional. Had your wrestling ring, kitchen, spa, shower, uh, toilets, Japanese style toilet. And uh, yeah, we fell in love with it straight away. Yeah, I, absolutely. If that had lasted like five more years, I would have wormed my way in there somehow. I promise you. Uh, but, but yeah, you know that. Um, was there when you were there? Was, like, who was the trainer? Really, would you credit with you? Because was was Inoki there? It was like, oh, these are my American prospects. Or, or, or what happened there? Yeah. So we we arrived, and it was myself, Mikey Nichols, uh, Prince Devitt and Rocky Romero, and a very, 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 very young TJ Perkins. Yeah, and, he was uh, like a teenager then, yeah. Then, yeah, he would have been 15 or 16 years old. Oh, wow. And uh, we, um, we had our trainings taken by Kendo Cashin, and then yes. Anoki himself would actually come in once or twice a week to roll around with us, stretch us out, and... Then he'd be off for a couple of weeks and I know he would stop again and put you through your paces and, you know, show you some cat wrestling and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. If you had retired after that, you still did something in this business. Like, if you got to roll yeah. around with Anoki just to train, it's like you already accomplished something. That goes for anybody that was in that dojo. Um, how, yeah, how, was, mean, yeah. how was that? It, it, was, it was incredible. I mean... At the time, I appreciated it, but I didn't realize how much I would come to appreciate it, especially coming to wrestle in Japan more often. And, you know, a lot of people here haven't even been in the ring with Anoki or trained with Anoki. So to have that happen for me at such a young age, and it kind of embedded in my mind because uh, all his ideologies were so cool for me when it came to pro wrestling, his knowledge, his the way you know, of his fighting spirit and his anarchism, it really resonated with me and changed my whole perspective. And after that, it was like, Japan, Japan, Japan. I want to go to Japan. <laughs> I want to go to America. I want to be in USA. I want to go to WWE or Impact or something like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And did you spend? Did you talk with him? Maybe Kendo. How was Kashin like? That's that's what I want to know because I've heard stories about him. How, how did he come across to you? So uh, you didn't fuck around when uh, Kashin was training you. He was to me uh, very scary. But uh, in the last five years, especially with the WWE stuff, we coached together at the same time and. I've gotten to know him more personally over the last couple of years. It's funny to look back on on, on how he how he acts, you know. Like he, he is catching his crazy, but in just such an amazing way. Yeah, and I've heard too that a lot of times. Again, I'm not trying to rewrite your own history to you right now, but yeah. it's something I've heard and seen, so speak, where. In Japanese dojo training, a lot of times the trainer will kind of take on the personality of the boss, uh, so to speak. For yeah. example, if you watch the Gaia Girls documentary, Satomura was especially hard on the rookie there, where she wasn't as hard when she ran the Sendai Girls dojo, so to speak. So it's kind of like if you're a trainer and the boss is there, you got to do how they, they are more so than yourself. And sometimes you can even build like huge money-making stories off of that with certain matches going on soon in Japan. <laughs> 
Oh, definitely. And I mean, that's the thing is, Japan's always blurred that line of realism, entertainment, and fighting sports. And if you don't grow up with that strength or you're not put through those paces, you're going to have a very tough time when you come to Japan and, and wrestle. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you take any of that for your for your own training? Not to jump on you, Yannick, there, but I'll just say this one last thing. Yeah. Did you take any of that with your own training? Like, you know, because you did a lot. I mean, your fingerprints are on like a ton of people from Australia and obviously later yeah. on with the NXT stuff. Yeah, no, that uh, being at the, the Anaki Dojo completely changed the way I wanted to be as a pro wrestler because uh, I had great training. Uh, with Cole Devani in Adelaide before I went to uh, the Inoki Dojo. But the Inoki Dojo kind of introduced me to uh, uh, jiu-jitsu, uh, kickboxing, mixing pro wrestling and fighting together, but also the conditioning training. I was had decent conditioning because I was a junior at the time, but I didn't wasn't expecting the 500 squats, uh, 400 push-ups and 300 sit-ups kind of conditioning every day. And then that was a bit of a struggle for the first month. But once, once I got used to it, it became so easy. And Cashin would always do the cardio training with us so we could never look at someone's abusing us or, yeah. you know, or we're getting punished or, hey, why isn't he doing it? And we are like, he would go through the squats and the push-ups and everything himself so we had no excuse to not be able to do it. If he's doing it, we should do it. So that's how I took that training back home was I'm going to get in the ring with you. I'm going to do all these squats. I'm going to do all these push-ups. I don't want you guys to feel how I felt when I first traveled, so we're going to have top-notch conditioning and basics and everything from the beginning. Absolutely. It really worked out. Like I said, you've really had your fingerprints on a lot of guys uh, from the region. I've heard that the Japanese kind of mindset of that is almost, if you could do one, you could do a thousand, almost, or, or something like that. Kind of, it's more mental than anything. And they kind of teach you to go there uh, to those links that are extreme well, on paper. But yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it does sound bad, but I mean, with the squats and stuff, the first hundred are always terrible. Then once you get to 150, 200, you, you can just keep going. You just put yourself in that mind. Yeah. And that's what it does. It mentally makes you tougher as well to kind of be able to deal. You go, and, you go above and beyond into the extremes in wrestling, but the point when you do go out there and perform and fight in front of people, it's kind of not, it's not easy, but because you've been conditioned so well, you're not jumping a thousand times or running the ropes 200 times. You're running it 10, 20 times. So each time you can put in complete maximum effort. And yeah. for, for me, as, a, as an outsider who has never wrestled in his life, um, yeah. it seems that like conditioning is the one part that really can elongate your career, that you really cannot I, select on. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, if you take a look at the... I mean, the Japanese style of wrestling, when you look at their guys who are 40, 50, even Muto when he's 60, compared to the guys in America who are 40, 50, oh, yeah. 60, or even Australia, I mean, 30, 35, 45 was considered like very old uh, overseas, whereas here, you kind of you, you get into your prime in your early 40s and have a great run during your 40s. And I mean, obviously, that doesn't account for every pro wrestler and, and wrestling, but 
I think conditioning personally does play a huge role because I went through multiple, uh, you know, bumping drills, running drills, squats, push-ups and all that sort of stuff. I don't do that conditioning training anymore myself as much. But from what I did, I'm able to keep that kind of body conditioning if I need to. And mm, I can still fall, I can still run, I can still squat. Yeah, I still have that kind of uh, it inside my body to be able to do it. Mm. And yeah, yeah, I can imagine that, that it helps a lot if like the, <laughs> the boss, whoever is putting you through that is also participating. I mean, if yeah. what we've heard out of the Dragon Gate dojo um, is, is right. Um, every trainer has his own style and his own ranks that he puts on, puts the students through. And apparently, Dragon Kids um, yeah. trainings were all very long and very, very exhausting. But as he participated, I mean, he's 21 years going and look at him and how he's still wrestling yeah. and looking. Exactly. You, you can't, and that's the same as like guys like Masato Tanuka and. Uh, you know, uh, Minori Tanaka and, and these guys, like, they've had that conditioning and they're, they're pushing 50 and they're still going hard, mm. you know? They're still wrestling like they were still young guys. <laughs> Absolutely. And it must have... One thing I will say about you is that go, getting that upbringing with your training and going to the LA Dojo... One of the big problems, and I'm sure it's true in Australia, it was definitely true in America, and, and probably there still are these kind of characters. You had a great system where you knew what you were doing. You knew it was legit. It's not just some guy, you know, because we've seen that a ton of times in America where it's just some dudes <laughs> pretty much training. And, and like me, when I was coming, I was bumping in these boxing rings that were hard as hell and, and it wrecked me yeah. for a while and then when you get a, a regular ring yeah. it's like oh, you know now you see oh the you know there's jokers that were doing this and it shouldn't be that way yeah. but with enoki's dojo yeah, yeah. you like or somebody you might hey come to the beach pay me 500 bucks i'll train you and then you know ne you never see him again after you know we've yeah, seen yeah, stories yeah. like that yeah with your stuff you you got a great fundamental uh background of it and even in japan now uh i don't know and i can't speak on this for certain but it seems like there's a lot better of a system in place for everybody to where at least you're going to find somebody pretty legit, at least, to, to train you rather than just a dude, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. And so, yeah, like they, they've got their dojo systems here in Japan. So, you know, you've got the reputable ones. There are places with just some dude who takes, who takes training. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's pro wrestling is very subjective and, uh, uh, even if some dude was to give me an, uh, some advice, I'd still try and take it on board to try and make myself better or at least grow and, and learn from an experience. But, uh, yeah, it is it is the same as uh, you, you don't know if you're getting a carny ripping you off and taking yeah. money. Or, exactly. But then again, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of guys who may necessarily not have gone anywhere with wrestling, but their knowledge for wrestling is on a different level than other people so yeah it's very yeah. hard to try and uh, 
Charles. That's <laughs> true. Hey, listen, you have one on this show talking to you right now that never went anywhere in wrestling, <laughs> but no stuff. So we're we're okay. But I know yeah. I, I definitely mean more like the con artists, the type of guys, you know, that are that are gonna yeah. act like they know everything and then they're gonna screw everything up and then they're gonna take your money yeah. and you're you know, you're not gonna get any return. You're just gonna have to train better with someone else by the end if you want to keep going. If you're not too demoralized and just leave it all. But um yeah, um, it's great to see. One thing I'll ask you uh, before we get off this, because you did get that great background. You got to go in Japan ever since 2006. We were talking off the air. Um, yeah. Is there anybody that you got to train where you were like, it could be an NXT, it could be in Australia, it could be anybody. Uh, who was the guy that you trained and right away you were like, this is the dude. Like, he can wrestle, he's got it. He's going to be somebody. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Jonah Rock, who's now Bronson uh. Reed. he was uh he was actually a fan of you know the local wrestling scene and uh he grew up watching you know like the ring of honor the the wwe attitude era and all that sort of stuff and and he was very invested into the local wrestling scene and uh you know when he tried out he was i think he was about 16 or 17 and he was a podgy you know carrying a bit of fat on him and had no kind of uh uh he wasn't. You wouldn't look at him and go, "Oh, this guy's super athletic," <laughs> you know. But he absolutely blitzed the training, and we always went off heart more than your conditioning because we know you can work on your conditioning, but you can't mm. change how your heart is when it comes to pro wrestling. Yeah, good point. And uh, then once we got into the wrestling, he like to, to make an, uh, an example. He he debuted within six months of training. And then excelled from there. So, and for someone to go from zero to having your first match within six months, I think is incredible. And it wasn't any like average crappy. He actually did very good, really good match. So he he was the one which you, you knew he wants it so bad. He wants to be somebody and he wants to go somewhere. And, and he did it. It's so awesome to see. Yeah. And he went on the pin to Okada. Yeah, went on to Pino Carter, did the, you know, did the G1, and he was with NXT before, and then got released, and obviously that's very heartbreaking. And trying to find your place after that, and getting the shot in New Japan, and then that, you know, opening the door back up to WWE is phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get your opportunity for NXT? That was around the time, late 2000, 2018, maybe. Uh, how did that come yeah, about? So- to where you're like, yeah, training and stuff, yeah. With uh, when I did the tour with Mikey for New Japan in 2006, I met Giant Bernard, who's uh, mm. Matt Bloom, the head coach yeah. of the PC. Uh, every time I'll come back to Japan, whether it be because I'm very machine gun, uh, Carl Anderson was a part of Al. He came in, me and Mike had been there for a month, and then he came in at the start of 2006, I think. And then he lived with us at the dojo as well. So we all became really, really close friends. Um, so I originally met him, uh, Matt Bloom, as Giant Bernard in 2006. Then when I came back in 2008, 10, whatever, uh, every time I'd come back to Japan, he would always meet up and have a couple of drinks. And I'll catch up with Machine Gun when he was tagging with, uh, with Bernard and we'll have drinks. And we just kind of became like, you know, very good acquaintances. And uh, ended up doing a uh, tryout in Australia. And uh, they actually came to 
one of our shows, Canyon Seaman and everything, came to a show in Adelaide. They watched Dona. They watched um, Jesse and Cass, who went on to be, become Billy Kay and Pelling Royce in WWE, Dona on our mm. show. So everyone who kind of did the tryout, I had kind of helped train or mentor. So that gave me a kind of good reputation with WWE. And then they brought me over for a guest coach job. Um, things went well from there. And then eventually, yeah, asked to come if I, if I want to come full time. Yeah, they had a bunch of guys at that same era. You mentioned Kashin earlier. Hideki was there as a trainer. It seemed like they, they yeah. I don't know if there was an initiative or what, but you, they had a lot of guys yeah. from Japan pop over there. It was really cool. Okay, I'm not sure yeah, I, yeah, I think the ultimate idea was uh, NXT was really growing at that point and uh, before the pandemic. And I think their ultimate goal and idea was to, you know, like they did with the UK, was to branch off into Asia and Australia and things like that. So they wanted to bring more coaches in from international to kind of be taught their ways of producing and putting together events and matches and their WWE style of training. Yeah. What was it like working for such a big company like that? The likes of which is, I mean, it's like the biggest company in wrestling, right? Uh, were you kind of, did you yeah. walk in and you were like in awe of this? Like, whoa, this performance center is like, I came from the LA dojo in the garage to, to this. <laughs> well, what were you feeling when you saw um, that? In the, the place when it had the seven rings in operation and when it was just a performance center was phenomenal. It was next level crazy, like, but the, the problem I had with it was, was I've always come from a wrestling dictatorship or, you know, the, the senpai is the ruler. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of rulers in WWE. And I'm a very open person when it comes to wrestling and things being subjective. What you find amazing, I might not find amazing. Or what you find terrible, I might actually like and enjoy. Uh, so you've got to be very open-minded. And there was just, uh, I felt uh, when I was training there that it wasn't as open-minded as I'd hoped. And it was very politics-heavy when it came to training and people. And, yeah, I thought, I thought uh, for such an amazing facility, it would be nice to send these guys off for an excursion to Japan for six weeks to train or to a reputable indie school in America to train or something like that. Then come back to the PC and have the knowledge of your really high-level producers and coaches, you know, take to that next level. One thing I thought they were missing was the core values and basics uh, when it comes to pro wrestling. Yeah, that's just a clash of, of philosophies uh, there. Yes. Oh, definitely. And I mean... I'm very open to different styles of philosophies, but, you know, the main thing is, is you, you do need your physical fitness. You do need to know how to roll, back roll, break fall, look after your own neck, look after someone else's neck. Uh, but it was just kind of like that was brushed over a little bit too much or too yeah. quickly. And uh, a lot of people were spending time getting iced up and, and hurt. And it's like, well, you kind of got to, in my opinion, you know, I've, you know, touch wood, I've never been seriously hurt from, you know, power bombs, uh, superplexes, body. These guys are dying off body slams because they weren't learning how to fall, you know, as much as that. I thought they needed to learn a lot more before they were doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think it would have saved them a lot of, you know, a lot of injury time. But each to their own, I'm, I'm still... 
that's that's not my realm of expertise is uh you know WWE style or how they train but I thought yeah that was uh something that they needed to do yeah but I I gotta say and I mean I, I think that's a really great lesson and a great philosophy you shared too i think that really bleeds into this show we're doing right now uh and even my other show that i've been doing for a lot longer like the eastern lariat with striga and and the show here with yeah. uh with yannick and these other guys and sandra sandra and everybody else that comes on there's been plenty of yeah. times where i just as watching the shows maybe i thought something was great and yannick thought it sucked or yannick thought it was great and <laughs> yeah. i thought oh man then what, like what what are we watching but like you said wrestling is kind of this very strange and very unique form of entertainment. Yes. I would say it was, it's my favorite because you, and we were talking a little bit off, a little bit off the air, your Japanese is not that great. My Japanese is not that great. But we can watch a wrestling match, and I think wrestling is the one form of art in a lot of ways that you could tell a whole story that you don't yeah. need words to understand. It's universal for oh, everybody. Definitely. And you can't say that for any movies or, or, or sports or anything, really. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the closest uh, yeah analogy for or, or a movie to come to wrestling is like yeah, uh, Rambo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> his limited uh, his limited dialogue in the movie, but his facials and actions was able to tell the story way better than words. You know, or minimal words. Uh, it's, and you knew yeah, everything. Yeah. You didn't need words. We knew what was going on in that right away. Yeah, and the same can, thing could happen in wrestling. Yeah. yeah. You can get the gist of it exactly, and it relates to wrestling so well. But yeah, then there's those, uh, you know, um, other analogies where they, you know, like yeah, wrestling. They, they, it is like a movie. You start with the slow story, and then it's like, well, what about uh, Saving Private Ryan? You know, bang, the door blasts <laughs> open, and it's straight onto the beach. And you know, in wrestling, you can relate that to like such a high spot opener. And some people love it, some people don't. But uh, I think you know every every piece of that style of pro wrestling is necessary to make up a entire show, which everybody can enjoy. And you can't or, or for everybody enjoy, to enjoy something from that show, because nobody's going to enjoy it from start to finish. There's going to be moments you like and don't like, but that's where the WWE I think is always great because they've, they've been going for years and years. And I mean, as much as you get disappointed in the product or you hate certain things and you want to see something, they still have to try their best to make the majority love and enjoy pro wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great thing. And you've spread that off. I mean, we're talking our way, even, even on this show, we're talking about all <laughs> kinds of backgrounds that you've been in from the Australian yeah. to LA dojo to working in Japan. We were talking off the air about your run in zero one, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, you know, into the NXT training, you got to see a different thing uh, in a different light, in a different form, so to speak. Um, before we get into modern times, there's one question that I really want to ask, and it may be one of those things you don't want to talk about, and that's totally okay yeah. uh, if, if you don't. Um, your end in Zero One that we were talking about came at, at a really crazy time, uh, so to speak. Yeah. And I wanted to ask, because they had just got to Rio Goku once again, and obviously the tragic yeah. ending of that show. And I was wondering yeah. if you still kept into contact with Otani and, and how things are going from your point of view. Yeah, uh, so I'd actually sat down zero one uh, f a few months before that because I just came out of knee surgery. I needed to have my mm. knee done for a, 
a, a good 10, 10 to 12 years. And it finally had caught up to me by the end of uh, 2000, I think it was. Yeah, 2000, 2001. And I definitely needed to get my knee, my knee fixed. And uh, after I kind of had that surgery, I thought my wrestling window is getting very short to perform. Um, I want to try some different things, you know, like I've never done freelance before. So I sat down with the company and had a chat with them. And that included Otani as well. Now very happy for me and supportive and wanted me to, uh, <laughs> to, to go out and experience stuff. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it was just a case of, uh, okay, your final show with us for 01 will be at Rogoku. And then, you know, um, they helped me redo my visa and everything and, and go to freelance. But, yeah, the unfortunate accident happened at Rogoku. And, uh, yeah, that was very tragic and, and hard to watch and to see. But, um, you know, as for keeping in touch with Otani and stuff, I, I – hear through like my friends to and stuff who talk to Otani regularly and I always send along my best wishes and stuff. But it's very it's a very hard thing to kind of think and talk about, you know, you kinda of wanna Yeah in, in one hand not think about horrible stuff like that. But then also I feel very horrible in the terms of uh you know, he was Mr. Zero One. He was yeah. the uh the life force behind Zero One. And kind of what Zero One has become now, like because I, I had separated myself from them since, but looking onto it now and seeing what it's become, I'm, I'm more sad for Otani to see his hard work kind of, because I don't know what's going on and a lot of people don't know what's going on. And, you know, I don't know who's a member of Zero One. I don't know who's a, not a member of Zero One, but it's just not the Zero One that I think Otani would want to see, you know? Mm. Mm, yeah yeah it's a it's a sad thing uh but that was like an integral moment at the time and it was just a very bad timing all around in general when that happened uh i mean yeah never never a good time for anything like that but just uh yeah way, oh absolutely you know yeah. zero one was kind of going it was still it was still there and then that kind of just yeah like uh yeah, knocked it down. Yeah, very hard, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely, and and I just want to you know give my best wishes to Otani as well as we did at the time. No, uh, no. You know, obviously, yeah, you know, a legendary player in all in his whole career in New Japan, zero oh. one as well. Uh, obviously, yeah, uh, you know, he was I, very it, um, like uh, train training wise uh, when I was with zero one, and it could have been the same for when you were there during your period of stay. Uh, when Otani would take the trainings, they were just uh, absolutely incredible as well. And it's the same ideology as Anoki, you know, and that was Otani's style as well. And it was just such a honour and privilege to be able to get in there and, and look back and being able to get in there in the ring with him and uh, do those sorts of trainings and make these yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, Zero One is a, a special company in your heart and a lot of the fans as well, especially if they, they came around in a, a, a prior era, obviously. There was a lot of different things that happened, and, and hopefully he's doing well now. Uh, mm. But I know that was a harrowing experience for, for you to go on with, so I'm glad you're at least uh, in contact close enough to keep keep things up, keep up to date, and, and hopefully things can turn around again. Uh, the company, yeah. uh, whatever lows it may have gone through, 
they're still going around even through the pandemic through covid yeah. and all of that and yeah. and you know hopefully they can they can build back up again and all the companies right now including the ones that you work for as well uh yeah, hopefully on a, on, a, on, a, on a brighter note you know things are turning around with covid there's a lot of talk coming up with you know the january 4th show came up with new japan a lot of the restrictions yeah. are are gone now and they were there last year and then they're going away now yeah. and a lot of foreigners are coming in um you know how has it been with you through the pandemic the, the you know being in japan and going through all of this stuff uh, at the time i just how did you get through yeah. it mentally <laughs> well you know how did that go it's uh, a lot of drinking uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> i mean well, look, yeah, I, was actually true. I gained uh, i gained 30 kilograms which is about 70 pounds 60 60 70 pounds uh, during <laughs> oh, yeah. the pandemic uh, because we were once our tours got cancelled, we just Takai were uh, who was the dojo boss at the time. He would make the best tanker you could possibly imagine, and uh, he loved to drink. So it was just time spent eating and drinking. And uh, yeah. when I look back on it, to be honest, being in Japan at that time as a gaijin, there was hardly any other. There was probably Chris Weiss. And uh, probably two or three others. One maybe Chris, Chris Brooks, Brooks was there. Drew Parker, yeah. and maybe some of the uh, a, a guy from New Japan was here. But apart from that, That's even on the streets, there was yeah. no guys in, and it was yeah, really different. Like you could go kind of sightseeing, and there was nobody there. There was no one around. There was no one at Shibuya Crossing. There was no one, you know, because you were you were kind of you know. You, you're supposed to stay at home and all that sort of stuff. But there was on occasion, you know, we, we did go out and try and see some things, you know, while it was quiet. It was really nice. But, yeah, the majority of that time, it, to me, it doesn't feel like it exists. I think last year will always be 2019 and somehow it's <laughs> 2024, you know, like really crazy, mm. really crazy, but. Yeah, we uh, did a lot of empty because uh, Zero One's Dojo at the time was also set up to be able to do events like with lighting, uh, music, and all that sort of stuff. So we did a lot of empty dojo shows that were put online for the fans so they could keep going. And then, yeah, there was still, once the pandemic after six months was kind of like cooled down a bit after everyone got their first corona shot, you could kind of start traveling and doing shows, but there was a lot of, yeah, a lot of restrictions and a lot of, uh, you know, you'd have one seat, a two-meter gap, another seat with a person sitting in that and a two-meter gap. So it was a very odd experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but things have improved. Uh, I think there's no doubt about that with the restrictions and things like that, at least. And mm-hmm. and you did. Hey, you had one of the biggest wins of your career. And I know, Yannick, you got to want to talk about this. A Gone Pro uh, winning the title there, like the, the, being the mm-hmm. top guy. Uh, how how was that, man? Uh, that was that was that was fantastic because that was kind of what I was looking for in pro wrestling was to do something. Uh, I mean, I, I won the Fire Festival in 2020, which was amazing. Yeah, was, Be- yeah beating yeah, Tamara, who you're still with the company with now. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then fighting Tamara for the belt, and I felt like I'd accomplished what I wanted to in Zero One. I'd, I'd done the Tenkaichi Junior Tournament. I've won the ta- I've won the tag titles and the 
the the old uh, national heavyweight champion championship they used to have. The only thing I never got was the world title, but I was very comfortable and content winning the um, winning the uh, the fire festival. So that kind of made me want to set my sights on other goals. And at that time, uh, Otani, before he got hurt, was he was working with uh, Gunpro. And uh, he would always talk yeah. very highly of the gun, gun pro guys. And uh, um, after Otani got hurt, I got an opportunity to go to gun pro. And these guys, uh, just just watching them uh, backstage, and it reminded me of home. Like uh, everyone was was family with each other. It was kind of not not shocking, but in zero one uh, and being in New Japan and for other companies everyone's kind of separated they're not all together mm. backstage in what you might not even see some people sometimes because you're in a different locker room or you're in a different you know environment and all that sort of stuff um but these guys were so close knit they were so mm. interested in each other's matches and safety and looking after each other and you know uh yeah, it was a, it was such a cool vibe. I really loved that vibe, and I loved going in there being the big monster and and playing a really good heel and bad guy for the audience. You could tell the audience was very passionate for their family of Gun Pro too. So it it was a very incredible experience, and it was great to be able to you know win the title and be their champion for so long. It's it makes me incredibly uh, happy to to hear this. Um... Mm. Because that's exactly the what I as a fan feel when I see these shows. Um, mm -hmm. The Gumpro, like the roster, they're basically a bunch of losers, and the only thing they have <laughs> yeah. is each other. <laughs> that's it. It's like, uh, yeah, you look at uh, again to go back to movies like the Sandlot Kids, or you know. Uh, Major League, the team that's never considered to yeah. be the top level yeah. team, but they've got you know an old vet, they've got the young guys, they've got one who has the heart and soul, Luminari's heart and soul, and everything like uh, you put them together, and it's just yeah, there's this incredible group of you know guys and girls that just go out there and and put on one hell of a show. Um, to ask you because what you what you told us was also the like the to the story you told, you came in as this big bad outside that that heel, um, and by the end when uh, when Watase beat you um, last year in, on the December Corican, he yeah. basic like you weren't you were that heel like still on paper, but. After you've lost, I I vividly remembered how you broke down in that uh, in that ring and asked yeah. to be like, hey, I see what you have here, th this family, and I want to be a part of it. Yeah, um, that was incredible. Yeah, it was so cool because um, I uh, have always been being. Uh, a gaijin in Japan. Mm. Uh, obviously, you'll never be Japanese, and I don't want to be Japanese. I've got my own identity. Also, you can 
sometimes it's not like it is at home where everyone is this family. And even from the first moment I got into gun pro, I would have them try, they're like, people come up and try and talk to me in English. And um, they made me feel so welcome from the get go. And I knew that this was just such a, uh, a different place to be a part of that when I did lose that title, I was like, oh man, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I don't want to not leave this place. So I do want to be a part of this man. You know, because I was uh, once that program uh, of the, or whenever it was the title, whenever I was, you know, eventually going to lose or whoever was going to beat me, I could have held on to it for a year or not. Um, I knew that, oh, what's next for me? <laughs> you know, if I, mm. if I lose, I might not have an opportunity to be back in, in, uh, in gun pro against. Yeah, that's why I wanted to, to at least say to them, you know, I enjoy it so much and, you know, I want to be a part of your family, which they happily accepted, which was great. Did you take on any, uh, like, pressure so much? Like, hey, I'm the champion. <laughs> I am now the guy in the company. Like, did, did you kind of feel get that feeling at all? Or was that that family vibe through and through? And you, you just, hey, we're doing this thing together. I've never been more horribly nervous before matches than I was when I was the champion. Uh, because <laughs> I felt, you know, uh, being a part of uh, this new company, new crowd, new fans, um, I felt an obligation to go above and beyond. And, you know, wrestling all these guys who I'd never touched before, seen before, or even, you know, spoke to before was, was such a – and especially the different styles in, like um, – you know, some of the guys have their shooter backgrounds and their, their shooter styles, and I'm like a big power guy. It's like I think what we can do is entertaining for the fans and can draw them in more. And, yeah, that. so I did feel the pressure uh, a lot more than, than usual, and especially being given the chance and uh, the opportunity and, and winning the championship. Yeah, it was... And I think that was my yeah my second match for them. So I felt, you know, I didn't want to disappoint the fans and also the wrestlers backstage for this this uh, you know for, for for being the flagship of their company. You know, have the title, then I want to go out and perform the best I possibly can. Yeah, I thought you did a great job personally, not only on yourself, but like uh, Yannick mentioned earlier, I thought your match with Watase really did a great job of putting him over in, in a good position to take the torch from you and run with it, or take the ball with you and run from it. I thought you, your story and how you performed was a great job. Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. It was it was really nice because uh, Gunpro actually asked me who who do I want to face at the December 27th show? And it was between Ken Oka and uh, Watase. And I was definitely like, ah, give me the young guy. I want the young guy. You know? I just thought it would be such a good opportunity for him, especially seeing he was my first match in Gun Pro too. So see the, to see the evolution of Watase in that first tag match with me to the championship match, you know, three, three or four months later was an incredible journey for him too. What to say yeah. is, is an interesting case because 
Yeah, he kind of failed in, in DDT, never really got into position, and when he got, he got hurt. Mm. Um, yeah. But there's just something about it. He got to do um, the the uh, World Tag Team Festival tour with with WXW in Germany with uh, Irie yeah. as his partner. Yeah. And like obviously Stricker and I knew who he was. Yeah. Um, but like this whole arena did not know who he was. He was just oh he's the the guy Irie brought with him. Yes. Yeah. But he conveys this energy and the stubbornness so well. Yeah. Um it was like by the second night he was extremely over. Oh that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about the the crowds and especially in GumPro because when mm. uh, when I was in Japan, sadly I could only go to one show uh, with GumPro. Yeah, but it was the the big one, uh, Sekigahara in in Ota Ward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it was kind of depressingly empty in there. Yeah. Yeah, but, unfortunately, I uh, yeah, I don't know why uh, that show was kind of because uh, last year, the year before, they they nearly, I think they got close to a thousand people, um, and it looked looked amazing in there. And then, yeah, the year after the one that just went by, yeah, it was a little bit <laughs> a little bit empty. Yeah, that that's really sad. But still, the fans <laughs> that were there really conveyed a great energy and like the day before there was tjpw yeah. um with like double the, the people in the, in attendance but yeah. it's they are not comparable the the fans really were very passionate and like quite, uh, just as loud as the day before oh yeah i think uh, the gun pro crowd when they're allowed to be let off their leash, obviously, uh, still there's the masks and the let's not make too much noise, let's not bother anyone. Like wrestling still has that kind of, the wrestling fans here are still kind of uh, not letting loose like they used to before the pandemic. Um, but you can definitely feel that the Gun Pro crowd uh, on a complete different level than many other crowds in um in, for other pro wrestling companies when it comes to terms of excitement, getting involved, and just the general aura that they also give you as a, as a pro wrestler is, is very different. Yeah, and it, it really conveys to the tape also. Mm. So I think like, uh, yeah, like I don't know how GunPro comes across on watching it on video or YouTube or the retro universe. But I know when you are there live, it's a completely different feel. Like it's, you, you, there's been some times where, you know, I'm not a, I'm who I am. I'm not a very emotional person. Uh, but doing the, um, the show at Corrigan Hall with, uh, uh, when Haru, Haruhi was having her last match before mm. going to have a kidney surgery to help her sister, you know, that, that kind of got me. Yeah. And the, the fans at the end, you know, like, 
yeah, it's like, oh, wow, this is a, this is a real feeling that these guys have. And I've never felt that before in wrestling. You know, you can get, you know, emotional when you win the fire Festival and things like that. But this was on a completely random tag match for, you know, and then you finally figure that, yeah, this person that you do like, one of your friends is, is going off for surgery and everyone in the crowd can feel it and the wrestlers feel it. So, yeah, it's a very, very close-knit family in wrestling, and then also the fans watching, also part of that family too. I would say, especially in the western among Western fans, Gone Pro has to be like Gambari Pro has to be one of, if not the most notable indie type companies, so to speak, like a smaller Fed. Awesome. Just with yeah. the Wrestle Universe stuff, and it really does come through, in my, in my opinion, on the Wrestle Universe oh, shows. Cool. Uh, yeah, in, in a way that maybe some other companies don't that would be on a similar level. I think they're the ones that get a lot of more noteworthy stuff. And obviously being a part of Wrestle Universe helps that with the bigger companies, but I do think it definitely yeah. comes through, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, because I'm always i always my own biggest critics on everything I watch myself do. I'm like, oh, you could have done this. You shouldn't have done it. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I watch it through kind of, and I watch everyone else's. I'm like, great job. These guys are awesome. Yeah, but as soon as it comes to my stuff, yeah, I, I let that kind of affect my 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 view of what it comes across as. So. No, I, I think you've done a lot of great things, even after being the champion. How was it teaming with Harukaze? Uh, yeah. You know, that yeah, that was incredible. That was so much fun. Like, it was such a random team put together, and it just kind of worked. <laughs> you know, like a. Yeah, it was, it was it was a lot of fun, and yeah, she's become a very close friend uh, since that time. And uh, yeah, yeah just she's different. She's yeah. improved so much. I remember watching her when she first came in. Uh, you know, and yeah. I think that she's grown so much as a wrestler uh, with the new, with the new name and the new gimmick and all that. You see her in the yeah. ring, and and she, obviously, Gambari Pro. It's a not necessarily. No one's confusing it for you know battle arts or anything like that. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but you know that that she's a great wrestler in my opinion. And Gombari Pro in general, yeah. I think a lot of the young guys coming in. I think the wrestling talent, the in ring talent. I looked at Gombari Pro, and a lot of times I think they're more consistent than even DDT, which is kind of like the Big Brother company that rep is, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, these guys train so hard together as well. Like, I've been down to a couple of sessions, um, you know, just to stick my head in and do some training or to talk about some upcoming dates. And, and I watch these sit back and watch these guys train, and they're, they're, they're all in. Like, the, the Gunjo and the Gunpro team and family, they're, they're just so supportive and in with each other, you know. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely incredible to see, which is, I think, which why it comes across so well for fans is they do feel that come around. And it's wonderful to see that uh, take place, you know, throughout all of the whole roster, including yourself, uh, you know, you, we can't forget about you, but the whole roster as a, as a whole. And I love seeing that as well. And I love the stories you're telling too. Uh, it's, I think Yannick, what he said earlier is, is what exactly I thought he would feel is that, this is exactly what he wanted to hear about the roster pretty much. And all the fans <laughs> wanted course. to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and we all do. So it was really cool yeah. uh, to hear that. Thank you for sharing your experience with, with us. Uh, um, no, yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm happy to tell as much as many stories. Cause I say that gun pro saved my life, which they literally did. 
Like, because uh, wow, yeah. obviously when I left uh, Zero One, a mm. couple of things were supposed to happen and they didn't happen. And a couple of companies that I was supposed to then work for, it kind of fell through. Yeah. I was in the right place at the wrong time and then the wrong yeah. place at the right time. And then actually, luckily enough for me, uh, there was, um, what's the, uh, I think it's Cyber Fight Festival. Mm-hmm. Which, um, yeah, yeah. Which was on and Captain actually took me and introduced me to the boss of Gun Pro. And uh, which, which was awesome because I was like, all right, if I don't find a job in like two months, I didn't <laughs> go back home to Australia or, or whatnot. And yeah, that's when I got the offer from Gun Pro, and I'm, just, I'm very thankful because they never they never owed me anything. It was just uh, a meeting, and yeah, next thing you know, they give me an opportunity for a championship match, and yeah, I thought, oh, okay, this is awesome, and yeah, don't take don't take this run for granted. Make this make this one mean something, which you uh, which is what I always wanted to do was some personal meaning. But also give them a credible champion, and you know, not not that in Nahu wasn't. I don't mean it in that way, but like a heel that their fans can hate. But yeah, it was. It's funny how it did switch towards the end, and they did uh, treat me as family. Um, another door that opened like a few months later was was great. Or yeah. first of all, how do you? As a wrestler on the show, how is it pronounced? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this this is uh, this is one of those things where I I will forever call it Gleet because that's yeah, just what okay. that wants to call it. Yeah. Now in Japan there is no there is no R there is no R yeah. down it's L. So it, even though it sounds like great, great, great door, or however you want to pronounce it, it's spelt. They've spelled it the proper way you would if you were spelling it using English letters in their uh, yeah. katakana. So, so uh, but for me, it's, it's a struggle because my tongue just wants to say great. <laughs> it's, it's the same with, um, with cedaring. Uh, yes. which became C <laughs> and now people just call yes. it the G and Clay yeah. is just called the G so <laughs> yeah the G and uh, well, I think uh, they, they were coming up with some ideas uh, I think online I saw you know they've got their G pro wrestling so uh, and they had like the symbol with the G and the pro wrestling I thought okay that's a little bit more easier to G yeah. pro wrestling you know <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but um, I it's, saw you. It's kind of hard for international. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, I'm very keen. Hopefully, because uh, I, I love the UWF style. I love MMA. I competed in Lethway, which was a, a Burmese kickboxing um, a few years back. That was with. Uh, oh, cool! That's awesome. Nakamura. Um, so, and plus, I did a lot of uh, when I was younger and then also at the uh, Anoki Dojo, we did jiu-jitsu and kickboxing training uh, every week. We had uh, guys from the UFC come in, teach us kickboxing. We had uh, jiu-jitsu practitioners come in, teach us how to do jiu-jitsu. Then we did the catch wrestling with Anoki. 
And yeah, so we had a lot of uh, styles and that's where I kind of fell in love with that fighting spirit and the fighting sports aspect of pro wrestling where, hey, I mean, I'm, I'm a pro wrestler, I'm an entertainer and I love, I love the performance of pro wrestling, but at the same time, also I like fighting. And if I want to fight, I know I can kind of take care of myself in a certain, in a certain way. Um, hey, did you ever wrestle in um, uh, Myanmar, Burma, or anything like that? I did a wrestling show in Myanmar, um, which was it was a mix of Lethway to start the show and then pro wrestling, five matches of pro wrestling after. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I love that. That's one of my favorite things is to see wrestlers go to these com- countries that is like ground zero almost in wrestling, you know. Oh, and we even when it was, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even me, me when Brooks was like, on, we were talking about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could go. It's like uh, Myanmar would be uh, starting wrestling from the sixties. You can tell, and that the same as Nepal. I wrestled in Nepal a couple of times as well. Oh, that's so cool. Matches I. Matches I did there were 45 minutes to an hour, <laughs> and it was the classic body slam, day down, headlock, and the crowd was going absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. There was probably 10 to 20,000 people watching at certain events, and once the hometown hero did a body slam, they would all explode. The wrestling had to have no side. It didn't need to have psychology or story. It was just... You didn't even talk about it or, you know, just like, okay, I'll see you out there and see what happens. It was a really, really good experience. But also, having uh, a yeah, not knowledgeable in pro wrestling made it a lot easier to not have any stress. <laughs> are you generally uh, call it in the ring guy or more of yeah, the, well, the planner type? When I was growing up, uh, it, it was, I, you, you wanted to plan a lot. You know, you wanted mm. to make sure everything was perfect and and all that sort of stuff. But Japan wrestling is very strange. Like, I might not even talk to, talk to the guy and then we're going out there. Like, it's just a different – you're just kind of – after being here for a while, you, you know what you're doing. Well, you hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> every time every time I go out there, sometimes I you, – you'll, you'll probably see me in, in great if you're really – Overanalyze it and watch me on the outside. Sometimes I'm just like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know, no, no idea. And I'm like, "Well, I'm going to go on and do this." <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it's just uh, as you go. Oh yeah, and, and a lot of times the moves. I sometimes, I one time I was working a guy who was from Japan here in America, and like I called yeah. suplex, and he looked at me like. I had three heads suddenly because to him it was brainbuster. It was like what I brain wanted, buster, but it, yeah, 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 yeah. So we totally yeah. got confused and everything went horrible. So I guess I never learned, right. <laughs> like you. No, but no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still in the same position. Even now, when when I say suplex and they say brainbuster, if they're going to give it to me, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, do you mean brainbuster on my head or suplex or brainbuster? They're like brainbuster, and then they do the motion. Which is not dropping on your head, and I'm like, okay. So there's still, I still don't know what's going. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. See, and the thing is, this is what I love. Wrestling is the only place this could happen in this scenario that we both went to. Totally different yeah. people. I've never, I've never met in person or wrestled each other, but we've had the exact same experience yeah. on this, and I, I love yeah. it. 
Yeah, that's that's why when people come to Japan, it's like you've got to just put all those expectations of what you think you know about wrestling, whether you know a lot or not. It's just here, man. I'm I'm still learning, and you know I'm still picking up new things, and and uh, yeah, like at least when I go out there, I've got about a sixty percent idea of what I'm doing. I'm never a hundred percent confident, or you know, knowing what's going on, but I know enough. Trust enough in my ability that hopefully it's not going to look completely shit. It might look a little bit shit, but not not completely. <laughs> so I've got that kind of confidence when it comes to wrestling. And, and I mean, I think you've hit your peak when you when you feel that way. You know, you've done you've done it. You've done a good job because I think <laughs> most people feel like they know about five percent probably. And in my opinion. If you think you know everything, it's time to just give it up because you, you like nobody oh, well, can know everything, you know. No, well, if you want to know the least, uh, the 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 least I've ever known was that last match I did, which was a five way battle royal with me, Sakamoto, Galeno, um, Aja Kong, and the other lad. That was <laughs> that was that was a five percent of match for me. That was I don't know what the hell is going on. Hey, that just means you have a long way to go, man. You your career is just beginning in a lot of ways now. <laughs> That's it. You, you yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it's actually yeah, coming up next year will be my 25th anniversary and I still don't oh, know what was going on. Yeah. Congratulations for that first of all. I mean, that's an amazing accomplishment. I mean, you know, I I wrestled probably five years total, and that's that felt like an eternity for for me, you know. And you and you are going twenty five. Yeah, it's crazy because when I wrestled uh, after I got back from like the dojo and everything, and probably hit my ten year mark, I felt like a grizzled old vet, you know. Hey, I've been wrestling for ten years, you know. Yeah, yeah. Years. <laughs> then suddenly, now physically my body feels okay. It's good. Mentally, I still feel, I feel younger than I ever have. Uh, like I don't feel as if I'm 44. I don't have that kind of, I, it feels strange to say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, in my mid forties, I'm still wrestling. My, you know, obviously my body's taken, it's, some things on my body have taken its toll over the time, but I still feel like I'm so young and my, yeah, and with these opportunities I have now, it's like, oh, my career is kind of stopping. <laughs> um, but going on 25 years, are there still goals yeah. you have, like opponents to face, promotions to, to compete for? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to... I, I'm really happy because I got to uh, wrestle in all Japan a few times um, within the last year. Uh, against the Saito brothers, which we, those guys are a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, as for and I mean, I, I've been lucky to wrestle so many legends and people, you know, throughout the time. Uh, I guess, yeah, goal wise, I'm after the zero one stuff and then moving on to Gun Pro and doing great and everything. That's I'm kind of very content with pro wrestling. So right now, I just kind of want to enjoy it as much as I can while my body can hold hold up to the uh, the physicality of it but yeah like my goals are i would love to do gleet mma i would love to do uh the gleet uwfi style and just a couple of different things 
Yeah, I mean, that is the dream, in my opinion, of any wrestler, because it's such a stressful, and even when it's not stressful, it's just insane in a lot of ways. Like I said, there's a number of things that could never happen in any other industry that wrestlers have to go through. Um, And for you to reach that point, I'm so happy and proud of you to hear that, man, that you are content and happy. In wrestling, that's a blessing, and like worth more than gold. And you definitely won't get any of that in wrestling either, for the most part. Uh, and I, I don't mean the title; I just mean money at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I'll ask you right now. Uh, you know, in in great gleat gliat, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, how are you? Yeah, 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 Glito. Um, how, how are you feeling about where you're at right now? Uh, you know, do you have, you know. And I asked Brooks this when he was on, and I'll kind of give a different, like the opposite side of the coin of what Yannick asked. Do you have, uh, do you still have that fire in terms of a fandom of wrestling? Like, for example, do you still want to follow all of the companies or as many companies as you want? Do you still watch it just as a fan? Or are you at the point where you are doing it, you've been in it for 25 years almost, and you watch your stuff and the company you're in maybe? Uh, but are are you still a fan of wrestling that you'll watch other companies keep track of things going on wherever? Uh, actually, I yeah, I don't really watch any other companies. Or if I'm going to be fighting for them, then I'll do some research into who I'm fighting, what their style is. Like before I went to Gun Pro, I watched a lot of their stuff on the Wrestle Universe uh, just to get myself familiar with the product, who I'm wrestling, and and all that sort of stuff. I find that exciting for me as a pro wrestler because I, I was already a fan for such a long time that I've yeah, gone yeah. through that stage of, of watching pro wrestling. But if I do, I always find myself watching, uh, you know, 80s WWF mm. and, uh, you know, late 90s WCW and, and WWE. You know, I love seeing... That because that was when I was still a fan of wrestling, so I had fond memories. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. As for stuff now, I'd mostly keep up with, you know, the clips online that I see, and if I see something that looks really cool, I'll I'll go try and seek out the whole match. But yeah, as for me, yeah, at this point, it was like I love pro wrestling, but sometimes it can be too much. I need my escape. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. And somebody might tell you about a five star match. You said, wait a minute, I got this glacier match to watch. I need to get to right now. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, bro. Well, that's it. 100%. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. I want to see yeah. As you should, Glacier was awesome, and I will always defend him <laughs> before, before that. Yeah. But, but that's the thing is, like, before, that was before I got, oh, yeah, probably two. Hey, UWFI before. veteran, by the way, Glacier. A UWFI veteran, Glacier. He was well, there, there as go. well. That's it. Yeah. I, I thought it was exciting, you know. But, I mean, obviously, being in wrestling and as a wrestler and being involved in the business for so long, I can say, oh, yeah, I get it. When I was younger, it was like I kind of have to keep that mentality of that's what was exciting to me. Don't let being too involved in pro wrestling peel you back out of what's fun. Yeah. Mm, you know, totally. Like the politics or the stories or, you know, Hogan keeping people down and, doing this and that and whatever. And it's like, well, you know, I loved this stuff when I was growing up and, you know, I don't want that to take away from the enjoyment of of the pro wrestling, you know? Oh, I think that's completely understandable and reasonable. Uh, and it's amazing that 
you know, all of these years later, you know, we started at probably something totally in- innocuous. Like the first match I ever saw that I can remember, I was like, th- I don't even know how long, like a very small child, uh, like practically a baby. Some of my earliest memories, I saw the buried alive match with Undertaker and Mankind uh, there yeah. where his hand popped out of the grave. And I couldn't believe yeah. it. It's like he, he his hand popped out of the grave. This is unreal. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so th- that and we all started, I think a lot of people, especially if you watch American wrestling, first and foremost, you started, obviously, if you're a Japanese wrestling fan or born in Japan, you probably had something much more realistic than I don't know if any graves were, were involved with anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, for no, me, no. it was and for, for you, you had Robocop, you mentioned and you yeah. know, <laughs> Isn't yeah. it amazing that wrestling can have so many, and at the same time have UWF style and, and things like that? It's yeah, amazing how much yeah. wrestling has in it. And to your point earlier that you mentioned, it has something for uh, so many people. It, it does, which is why, yeah, I think everyone can kind of, which, which is what, you know, to, to pull back to Gun Pro for a second. I think the, going to watch a Gun Pro show, being a fan from Japan or from overseas, it's very easy just to sit and watch from start to finish and enjoy the whole event. Whereas, you know, somewhere like uh, Dragon Gate or Glate or, you know, it could be specific people that people come and watch, you know, or there might be they don't enjoy the UWF style or they don't like the MMA sort of stuff or they love the MMA stuff but don't like the pro wrestling. So, yeah, there's wrestling is so, uh, so universal for everyone. Everyone mm. kind of says like, oh, pro wrestling – but sometimes they'll walk past the television and kind of stop and watch it and then sit down and ask questions. Who's this guy? What, you know, what's this guy doing? It's, a, yeah, a very intriguing, very intriguing. Uh, yeah, the only way you can put it is pro wrestling. You know, sport, entertainment, it's pro wrestling. And also, like, seeing it live is a totally different experience. Um, oh, and especially yeah. life, it's I, I absolutely think it's for everybody, even for the oh, politicians. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I always said that my style of wrestling is um, for the live audience. I'm not a very TV orientated. I want I want people to experience the energy, kind of like when I do the running train, the the runaway train through the crowd. Um, like I kind of want them to be involved before my matches even started, so that's kind of why I came up with that sort of thing to cause as much Smart. chaos as I can before I get in the ring. So this person, my high, my I might only get one chance to do something in an eight-man tag or a ten-man uh, tag, but when I do my entrance, I want it to be something that they, the people around, remember that it was chaotic, you know, and mm. uh, I've kind of implanted that onto them from before they've even uh, seen me wrestle, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's so smart and, and well done there. I, I love that, that you thought of that. And it, it totally works, too. Like, I, I love that you were well, so successful with it. Yeah, so it, it's hard because I, I love doing it for... Doing it in gun pros. The, the fans just really, they're involved in it too now. Yeah. They know that I'm going to run. So they're so intuitive to when it's happening and, and what's going to happen. <laughs> I tried to do it on my first show with uh, with Great up in Sapporo. And, and 
No, no one moved. And that was difficult. Oh. And I thought, ah, maybe there's a time and place so I should kind of maybe separate BGI or great Hartley Jackson from uh, Gun Pro Hartley Jackson. So now I've kind of got like these different personas I play, which keeps wrestling kind of a little bit fresh for me too, you know? Like I'm a little oh, bit yeah. more serious. I, I still enjoy, I still I still do funny things here and there when I'm with great, but I'm a little bit more serious and part of a stable and a group that I'm not the uh, center of attention of, you know. So I do my part. But when I'm with Gumpro, that's when I want my this is my attention time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally works. Mm. You know, and then like making about... Hadakazu run, and you know, then making a run and mean run. You know, so it's all kind of spur of the moment and feeling and how the fan feels. And I think they appreciate that too. Like it's it's not forced, it's organic. So, mm. And because when I go out there, I don't know if I'm going to run or not. I have to kind of feel the room and how people are. And yeah, then decide when I walk down the steps. How do you feel about where you're at right now with BGI? Uh, I mean, this is a group that has a lot of people in it coming in and out, foreigners from Mexico yeah. and, and Ishida, you know, former Dragon Gate guy. Yeah. It's a like Suzuki, a, a, like a legendary junior heavyweight. It's such yeah. a, an eclectic mix of people. How are you feeling about yeah, what sure. they're doing right now? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I'm, uh, I'm so happy to be a part of uh, BGI and. You know, I get to meet the guys from Mexico and Ishida and, you know, tag with Katado. Like, it's been really, really cool. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that then BGI will do their own produce show uh, in January and have all these other members over. So it, it's really fun to, to kind of uh, yeah, have this character in BGI and have that separate character in Gun Pro. Uh, but to be a part of a, a stable that's had like a lot of main event matches and uh, a lot of hype behind it has been very like re rewarding and fulfilling for me as a pro wrestler to be able to have the opportunity to, to be a part of a group like that, you know? Mm, yeah, I can imagine. Absolutely, so you played your part really well. Um, yeah, what, so what that's, cool. the, that's the thing is I can I consider like. With great, I've got I've got my job. I'm the tough guy. I go out there and do my job, and you know, back up the boys, and you know, and then gun pros. The yeah, I'm going to let loose a little bit, and that's where I can be more of a wild cannon. Yeah, and you do both, uh, you know, in your own way, and and you've listen. Mm. It's hard to have longevity as a foreigner in Japan for as long as you have, brother. Like, let, let, let me tell oh, you, sure, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, no, nobody can question that. Say what you will about skills yeah. or whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah. but let's, speaking of skills, I got one more question for you here, and I'll let Yannick yeah. say his piece at the end. I really appreciate so much yeah. time you've given us. I've, I've had a heck of a time talking oh, to you amazing. personally. So, yes, yeah, so I, um, I mean, I can. Keep going for hours on that old on that old guy. Hey, I would be here for it. I have I still have tons yeah. of zero one questions we can get into if the Yannick wants. Um, uh, who, we didn't even brush over a lot of that stuff, so yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we need to do a part two, folks, entirely on zero yeah. one. That might be an Eastern Lariat yeah. show. <laughs> to be honest, if yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, want definitely. to come on there, but um, oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Okay, this is a question I had tagged here, and I, and I always love hearing it because I think everybody, again, kind of 
not to repeat old things, but going to your point, I think every wrestler themselves has a different different thing that they really look for and value in their opponents. And so what I'm going to ask you here is, who is the one wrestler that comes to mind when I ask this question? Who is it that you've wrestled that's just the absolute best? You know he's a total pro, his skill level's so high that you know he's a great wrestler and you're going to be able to, regardless of whatever you think about you being the harshest critic or whatever, if you're in with this guy, yeah. you know it's going to be great. Yeah, oh man. There's there's so many over the years. Like, Obviously, when I started out, um, my first opponent was a guy called Habit. Bruce Mills, he's still wrestling now. He's saying we had our first match together, so it's his 25th anniversary, but he never traveled overseas. He stayed in Australia, and he's very successful in Australia. Every time I had a match with him, I knew it was going to be awesome. Never had to worry about it. was never nervous. Um, in Japan, uh, I mean, I'll have to go through yeah, a lot of list of people, but I mean, I had a lot, lot of matches with Watase, like tag matches, single, like leading up to the actual mm. big match we had. And just his, my size and his size against each other, I think was the perfect mix. And uh, I, yeah, as much as I was nervous going to the match and wanting to pull my best, I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to be a good match. And I'm glad people did enjoy it as much as they did. But I'd say him, him in recent times is definitely someone who I love getting in with, knowing it's going to be um, just cool, you know, cool, cool experience for the fans and also from for, for my secret, secretively to myself as well. Ah, that that's a good answer. That's if you look at the Gone Pro roster, he I think he would have been who had just me watching it. As a fan, I probably would have pointed to him as well uh, on the Gambari yeah. Pro roster as well. So that's very cool. I really appreciate that answer. Yeah. And also, uh, in saying that as well, Ken Oka and uh, Imanari, but especially Ken Oka for who he is and creating Gampo and, you know, being the heart and soul of it. He's so giving and just mm, yeah. when people can understand that, uh, you know, I love doing funny comedy things in wrestling matches. I really get to enjoy that too. And he's someone who makes me crack up laughing, you know, uh, him and the Imanati. Yeah. And that goes to the point again, like nobody's going to confuse Kenoka with Brian Danielson in the ring, but, <laughs> yeah. he, b- yeah. but he, he, because of how he is and who he is, he's great in his own yeah. way. And that could be oh, just as satisfying yeah. as well. Yeah, that's it, and that's and that's pro wrestling too. You know, that is pro wrestling. So, uh, yeah, when he's doing, Absolutely. you know, dancing to his own song, and yeah, right, you know, it's just, it's just, I'd never experienced that before. Like even after the match with the uh, with uh, Watase, I'd never been in the ring when they were doing their gun pro celebration stuff. So, you know, so I just had this twenty five minute long match, kind of fucking worn out. And, uh, you know, all, the, all these uh, gun pro people with energy jumping around in the ring. It was just, yeah, I was loving it. I had a big smile on my face like watching these guys. It's, it's hilarious. I love it. We need to politic Kenoka to go to AEW to wrestle Brian Danielson is what the point of the show, ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, that'd, be so, that'd be so entertaining for me. <laughs> to watch a match yeah. like that. 
Yeah. 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 Other way might be easier. Uh, the dragon is coming <laughs> to Japan <laughs> in two weeks' time. <laughs> yeah. No, so I have to say I really want to see you. Uh, you know, grease it up with uh, Keisuke Ishii. I think that is that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, I've still got a lot of. Uh wrestling left in my tank. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I hope I get more opportunity in Gun Pro to do, to do a lot of stuff there and against guys like him. And, you know, and also I'd love to, uh, as much as I love being in BGI and a part of the team, I'd also like to have a, a singles run in Glint and kind of be able to take myself to that next level and try and match their pro wrestling style as well. So. Um, have you ever tried uh, running a show on your own? Doing the promoter bit it's, or your own produce I think, show? Uh, I think, don't um, do it. Don't do it. So don't do it, Hartley. <laughs> for my 25th anniversary, uh, I was thinking of, uh, of getting together a produce show. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, st I stress out enough uh, in, you know, normal times. So. <laughs> also, yeah. I'll be scared no one comes. <laughs> you know, what if nobody came? I don't need that kind of uh, <laughs> that negativity. <laughs> yeah, this is a real vote of confidence. <laughs> you, you look into yeah. the crowd here, uh, yeah. there. But I'm sure why, you uh, would put I'm together good stuff, though. Yeah. No, it would be fun. But uh, I'm kind of glad I'm in that. I'm in that. I'm in that zone of wrestling where you know I'm not terrible. I'm not great. People know me, but people don't know me. So I'm kind of, I'm happy to be like, I would hate to get like super famous and then have people tell me how terrible I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, people, uh, I mean, people will tell you anyway, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no. I've, uh, I, I, try, I try not to read the comments. Uh, you know, I'm always, uh, I, I see my name, Jackson, spelt in, uh, you know, Katakana. I'm like, oh, no. I wonder what they said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, as, as for a produce show, that's something I would be interested in doing for my 25th anniversary. And uh, I think if I did do it, there would be some pleasant uh, surprises on there as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to rein this all in, uh, we talked a lot about Gunpro and Great. Uh, Great has two shows coming up that you are announced for um, this month still, yes. like on Christmas Eve on the 24th. Um, you will be, let me look at the card, where are you? Yes, you will be t um, teaming with Kotaro and Keiji Sato. Yeah. Against Kamino, I don't know who, oh, that's Issei. Issei has changed a lot. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he's grown up, he's grown up. <laughs> and Honma. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah I think the it's nice every time you wrestle uh, Honma, it's nice you know that you're not the uh, only person who's in pain <laughs> in the match. <laughs> Before the match has started, should I should I say? Uh yeah. 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 And then on the on the big show in Tokyo City Hall. Um, yeah. The four-way uh, 
Netflix man. It's BGI yeah. versus the team uh, versus Jan's family and Hon- Honma versus Bulk Orchestra. And I think the fourth team is un um is not related to any kind of group. Yeah, but I'm I think sure that, the, yeah. 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 JD Lee, Atsukiyo, Yagi, um, and Chunton. Yeah. Yeah. So there, that would just be the, uh, the good yeah. representatives. <laughs> yeah. But I see this. Fun, that'll be chaos. Chaos. Yes. Uh, yeah. Six man, four, six. It's, it's kind of, tw- it's a, yeah, six man, four way battle. There's kind of like 12 men. <laughs> That's definitely yeah, this more feels of like a call it yeah. in the ring match when I see this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly right. Oh fuck. I can imagine the yeah, I think uh, I think that'll be about a minute's work for me that day. I was just <laughs> thinking that <laughs> that this is yeah. a great opportunity to bow out after and, and hide yeah, in the you yeah. know plain sight. Yeah. Great, yeah. great stuff. Though. <laughs> this is this is the Galit specialty. Yeah. All the men coming on, all these guys coming out to have a, a crazy match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a company. You know, if you look at how they produce their shows, that's almost on every yeah. card. There's a, a wild multi-man match to start with eight guys, six guys, not twelve yeah. guys. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, the thing is, Galit's kind of. You know, they're heavily from the Dragon Gate system too, but. Mm. Yeah, from my perspective, their style, they're starting to create their own unique style too of pro wrestling. Uh, You know, you know it's a good show, if that makes sense. You know it's a gun pro show. You know it's a new Japan. They're kind of getting that, to me, they're getting that kind of uh, reputation. You know, that's what you're going to get when you go to when you go to green. They have have an identity. Although, yeah. like as a as a viewer, it seems pretty confused at times. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it is, and especially with the UWFI and, and yeah. stuff. And then it, it can be a little bit. What what's this? Like either people love it or hate it, or yeah. And then also like, uh, uh, yeah, the the champion I think needs a little bit more exposure. Uh, P Hawk at the moment, like I like champions to be, you know, really flagship of the company. If that makes sense. Mm. Oh yeah, I totally that's agree. From my yeah. classic, that's from my classic. That's from my classic. You know, um, growing up, you know, you, it was always the championship matches last, and it's who that you gravitated towards, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's I one mean, of their I problems. Yeah, uh, you know, even even uh, back to to Lind- to Lindemann when he was champion, they kind of did the same mm. thing last year, where you know, the, not in the main event sometimes, sometimes you know, in this junior tournament, yeah. finishing fifth place, and he's the world champion here. It's like, you know, yeah. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that 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 again is just yeah, your timing and working with other companies and everything. But yeah, it's yeah, that's so hard in Japan because yeah, you need to earn a living, but then also like wins and losses of being a champion. That's yeah, I guess when you're coming fifth place, you're not going to be the pinnacle of another. You don't want to really expose that. 
It's nothing against the ta- the talent of the wrestlers either. I no, mean, Linda and T Hawk are both yeah, both fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah T Hawk I think has had a great year. Uh, you know, doing some yeah. stuff in all Japan too, and he did get to go to the Champion Carnival final as well. Uh, yeah, did some yeah, great yeah, work there. So, so you know, he's done the best he can in some weird yeah. circumstances. But you know, it's like zero yeah. one all over again. <laughs> so like almost <laughs> yeah. inglate, uh, you know, overall, yeah. but. Uh, and by the way, too, yeah, one thing I will it. say about them, too, I want to put you over, uh, you guys over for this. Uh, Glate is by far the easiest company to watch if you're a Western, like not in Japan, because they put everything yeah. up on YouTube oh, pretty much. So it's, it's yeah, amazing. That's a godsend. Like, yeah. I think I went for a good, good six years without seeing me wrestle. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it was a little bit more motivation for me when. Uh, uh, Great would release their shows either live or same as Gun Pro too, either live or on YouTube. Or I got to kind of watch it back while it was still fresh in my head and go, okay. Mm. And that's, I think, is actually what's helped me improve over the last uh, over the last year and a half. I feel as if I've gotten a little better because I'm actively watching myself more and wanting to wanting to clean things up or try different things. And whereas in Zero One, I was very complacent. And if you had a bad match, I would want to forget about it. Or yeah, if I, you know, totally. fell over or tripped up, I would want to forget about it. Whereas now I got to watch it and, you know, I get to go, oh, maybe that wasn't so bad as it looked, you know. Like uh, there's a couple of times where I've gone to hit the falcon arrow and my legs just don't have enough power to sit out and I land on my knees and I'm like, oh, that, that's got to look shit. And then I look back at it, I'm like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> so it, can even make my, it makes myself feel a little bit better, uh, you know, getting it out of the way and, and being able to watch it pretty quickly. So, yeah, and it's good for, definitely good for international fans that they get to tune in. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and even when they show it, even if it's on a two-day delay, they still show it live and people can watch it live and comment, which I think is really cool too. Mm. Yeah, we never would have imagined that would have been possible. Like when you first came to Japan. No, oh, not at all. There was no. I don't think there was. Yeah, I think when I first came, no YouTube or anything like that. I think yeah, two thousand ten, eleven. They tried to do some YouTube stuff, but it was you know weird YouTube back then. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, they had like yeah. UStream and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had Vimeo, and then everything's behind a paywall, or you know, I like the Russell Universe stuff because there's a lot of options. You know, it's not yeah. just one company yeah, yeah. with one. It, it's it's everything. You know, under that sort of the flight banner, which is cool. Uh, I'd love to see that kind of. I, I wish I could watch Big Japan on there, and I wish I could watch uh, all Japan. All Japan on there too, you know. Like I wish there was this universal kind of thing, um, but yeah. And they've occasionally brought other shows over. I think they'd had a zero one show on Wrestle Universe uh, once. Um, yeah, there oh, was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and they did one on uh, New Japan World as well with uh, when Liger. Oh yeah, yeah. Retirement match. Yeah, that was that looked great. But uh, yeah, it's just. It's so easy for me, especially when I was doing my research on my opponents and stuff. It was just really nice to be able to find active content easily 
on Wrestle Universe mm. and, and YouTube. But yeah, Zero One is like, yeah, sending from three years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Just like and the old so, days. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, though, in Zero One's defense, back then, uh, I don't know what it was like when, when you were there, but we were, we were doing 15 shows a month, albeit 10 of those are in car parks and whatnot for a traveling tour. But these guys are so busy. Kind of YouTube and video was their last, uh, you know, that was the last thing on their mind. The first thing on their mind is getting to these live shows that they're going to do. Just crazy how technology changes, like, you know, life yeah. <laughs> in general. Because uh, when you think about yeah, it in the yeah. grand scheme of things, you're talking, again, 2006, that was. Yeah. Uh, 16, 17 years ago at this point, 18 almost. Yeah, that's not that long in the like the grand scheme of things, and yet so much yeah. has changed. Like, you know, the, the whole well, and the world, yeah, the world in general, but especially in wrestling, things are so different. Oh, for sure. I remember when I got to the New Japan dojo having to use the old dial telephone to call back home to let them know my family know that I arrived safe, you know, this old. That's old, yeah, dialing telephone and, yeah, trying to walk the streets and not knowing where you are, how to get a ticket, mm-hmm. catch new trains. And then, yeah, coming back each time. Like the second time I came back, I had uh, – you could get Wi-Fi on your phone, but it was uh, – I think it cost me 800 bucks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. $100 in like four days. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. And that was, yeah, that was only a week tour. And then uh, I came back in 2010. That's when I had a, an old-style laptop. And, uh, yeah, each year, then 2013 and whatever, you had your phones and, <laughs> yeah, and every year something really updates and technology-wise. Yeah. Um, for me visiting the first time this year, it was so easy getting an eSIM. Um, didn't yeah. need to talk to anybody. It cost me like twenty bucks, like for the whole month I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's. Uh, and are you planning on coming back to visit again? Of course. Um, I just started studying yeah. uh, this September, so. I don't have yeah. the money to come, nor the time, but I will be back. Yeah. I'm working on yeah. getting to do an exchange semester. Ah, oh, that'll be awesome. That would yeah, that's be so awesome. cool. I, I saw that yeah. the, the school is like 25 minutes from Shinkiba. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> uh, I was I was yeah, there so cool. often, yeah. like I can I can could basically live there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool, cool little place in Cuba. Yeah, um, and the other show that will be happening um, to really yeah. <laughs> like get the curve here <laughs> yeah. um, is the obviously the GoPro um, bad communication Corican Hall on the twenty seventh. You are yeah. as of right now not booked for it, which is a shame. Um, but I want to run down the card real quick because the yeah. listeners of this show can definitely count on getting some content on this. Oh, yeah, um, it's going to be a hell of a show. Oh, yeah. And like first off, we start with Mune Tatsunakamura versus uh, Yuko Miyamoto. 
which is awesome. Yeah, he's uh, such a good kid, Muna, as well. Um, yeah. A young guy. Uh, just, you look at him and he was like a little skinny kid. He still is a little skinny kid, but... He is. Uh, he really is. He's, uh, his skill is amazing. And uh, he's guys who I'd love, love to have a match with in Gun Pro too. Uh, I'm, I, was, I went to a Choco Pro show and he stood like the whole show, or he stood right yeah. beside me and did, I didn't recognize him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Another face in the crowd, but yeah. Yeah. Um, we get a six room tag. Uh, Natsu, Yuri, and Riara are facing off with Harukaze, Makoto, and Bunny Oikawa. Very nice to see yeah. Makoto back in the, in the mix here. Yeah, it's cool. That'll be a cool match, too. Ken Oka versus Kuma Arashi. <laughs> This will be wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Need need that need that revenge for the hair. Come on, come on, kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get Yopi versus Arisu Endo. Big yeah. opportunity for both of them getting a, a singles yeah. match in Corican. Singles match. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Yop- get... Yopi's great, and that's that'll be that'll be uh, awesome match for her. Yeah, she she has improved so much since coming over from actress. Mm. Oh, uh, we, we get the big over top rope elimination. Gompro versus great uh, Tamman tag. It's yeah. Yumihite Imanari, Takuya Wada, the tag champ, Mizuki Watase, Shinshiro Tominaga, and Tyson Maiguchi yeah. um, facing facing off with Kasayashi. Tanaka, Takanori Ito, Jack Shimatani, and Jun Toncho. Yeah. yeah it's Will be, be this can go anyway. <laughs> yeah, I I can't even predict. I'm I mean I'm hoping I'm hoping Gumpro pull this off for sure. But the mixture of the guys in that match, like uh, Tom and Hager, I think is incredible. Uh, he's you great. Know, Tyson's just a badass, you know, when you see that guy. I've never been kicked harder <laughs> than anyone in my <laughs> life, you know, when I was in a match with him. And, uh, yeah, just to see these guys get this opportunity against the guys in Glee as well is, uh, is amazing. And I think that uh, I'd love to see that gun pro spirit really, really push through. Well, I, I hope Tyson and uh, Tanaka do do like a, a shoot style section in there, just oh, yeah. obliterating each other. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, Sam, I mean, it's uh, Shota and Soma Takao against Case, uh, Keisuke Ishii and Shikahiro Irie. Team Drift is mm. back. Yeah. Uh, really looking forward to this. This will. Oh, yeah, this is exactly booked for me. <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously in the main event, we get Isami Kodaka against Shuichiro Katsumura. Yeah. Please, Katsumura. Uh, yeah? Yeah, I, lo- I love uh, my, my uh, match with Katsumura was, was really cool. That was, yeah, that was probably the most nervous I've been is that match because our styles did clash so much. Um, so I'm very interested to see how these two go, uh, especially, you know, for the championship match on such a big stage as well. 
Yes, release us from the from the Kodaka. Yes. Um, obviously, yeah. like, this is the the third outside heal <laughs> we got in the yeah. fifth champion. And yeah, to be exactly. honest, he doesn't do it nearly as well as you did or um, as Takaiva did. Yeah, um, I think so... I can make those people hate me a little bit more. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely I don't, definitely I, I don't have to... Yeah, I'm I'm hoping so. It should be interesting. Exactly. Um, you guys can um, expect a review of this some uh, in some kind of form sometimes after Christmas when this happens. Um, it's all a bit tricky to time right now, but yeah. you definitely get something. Hartley, <laughs> yeah. thank you very much yes. for coming on and no chatting with us. Do you have yes, anything sorry. to plug to tell the fans? Uh, just uh, I hope they enjoy, you know, their pro wrestling that they're watching. And if they get a chance, uh, let me know how I'm doing. Actually, no, don't say anything if it's bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you can all follow me on my journey for my 25th year. And uh, and if I do do a produce show, please support that. And uh, it's been great chatting. It's actually like opened up my mind a bit because I'm, you know, I'm not surrounded by. Uh, foreigners here. Every so often, I get a chance to catch up with my friends when they come from New Japan or Noah and whatnot. But we don't really sit down and talk about wrestling in depth. So it's been really refreshing to actually chat with you guys about pro wrestling and uh, the life and career and stuff, and reminding me of times that I've had, which has been which has been really cool. And I do look back and appreciate a lot of the opportunities and stuff that I've had and, and done. And it's, it's exciting to know that you guys know a bit about it as well and had some really awesome questions. And I could keep talking for yeah hours and hours, like we said, like barely scratch the surface of uh, some of the zero one days and stories that we want to talk about. But yeah, <laughs> Dave, thank you very much for having me on. Oh, I really appreciate it, man. It was so cool to talk to you. I uh, go through everything that we did. Like you said, there's still so much more, and there's so much more with everybody. Yes. Everybody has a, an amazing story, yeah, yeah, uh, and, 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 and and this business especially uh, on there. But I really yeah. love talking to you. I'm sure that all the fans loved it, and to get to you to get you to open up for a, a good interview, I think your story is something really cool. When you look at all of the different aspects you've touched, uh, in terms of the path you've got you have your fingerprints are in new japan wwe uh you know all of these different places that you you're approaching and even doing more like you said working all japan the first time this year that's really cool mm -hmm. and uh hopefully i hope nothing for the best for you i've loved talking to you just me personally and hopefully we can all do it again and hopefully more great things you gotta hopefully you need more stories to tell us you gotta make more stories coming up too in 2024 okay uh, trust me there will be uh, a lot more <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so yeah, much, guys. It's been so yeah. awesome. Yes, and thank you all for listening. We will be back for sure. And the only thing that's left to say is get ready, wake up, and go. Go! <laughs> <laughs>